Today, we gotta talk about the absolutely wild fallout from these Taylor Swift conspiracies, the coming chaos at our southern border, what's getting exposed with George Santos getting arrested, what's actually about to go down with this whole Tucker Carlson situation, and so much more on today's brand new Philip DeFranco show. So welcome back, buckle up, hit that like button, and let's just jump into it. Starting with, I want you to meet 33-year-old Corey Richens, because she and her three young sons were absolutely devastated when her husband and nine years, Eric, suddenly died last year. But this Utah mom, rather than just like collapsing in on herself, which would have been understandable, she showed that you can take a horrible, inexplicable tragedy and actually do something productive with it. With Corey and her children writing a children's book about dealing with grief called Are You With Me? And you know, it's important to talk about how to process grief. It is a trauma, right? It could be a lifelong wound. And so she talked about grief on TV, also going on to promote her book, which was also published about two months ago. I just wanted some story to read to my kids at night and I just could not find anything I couldn't find anything that really you know suited them or helped them find comfort and peace and so you know I was like let's just write one but as it turns out while she was in front of those cameras police were investigating her as the prime suspect in her husband's murder and the reason we're talking about this today is they have now formally charged her claiming that she served her husband a Moscow mule spiked with five times a lethal dose of fentanyl and documents showing that she asked a drug dealer for quote some of the Michael Jackson stuff and they sold her 15 to 30 fentanyl pills with Eric then three days later becoming ill and reportedly telling friends he thought his wife was trying to poison him and sure enough she asked a dealer for more pills two weeks later which was six days before Eric's death and so of course with this you have reports, you know, with some family friends saying they're absolutely shocked by the news, or they, they look like an incredibly sweet, picture-perfect couple. But one, you, you never know actually what's happening in a person's life or relationship. And two, unfortunately, this is your daily reminder that everyone is capable of everything. In life, we just see a mixture of what people are putting out there and what we want to see. But you can truly never get all the way in there. And then, what is about to get even messier, and this time it's not even Elon Musk's fault. And that's because Tucker Carlson's making his triumphant return to news with a show on Twitter. With him posting a video yesterday criticizing the news media and what he called the lies and half-truths that it spouts. Also talking about free speech, but claiming that the media puts limits on free speech and that most public platforms do not support free speech anymore except for one. The last big one remaining in the world, the only one, is Twitter, where we are now. Twitter has long served as the place where our national conversation incubates and develops. Twitter is not a partisan site. Everybody's allowed here. And we think that's a good thing. And a very key thing, Tucker saying he'll bring a version of his old Fox News show to Twitter. Though not getting specifically into when exactly it's going to start or how it might function on Twitter compared to standard television broadcasts. But also a key thing I want to mention here, it does not appear that he's doing this in partnership with Twitter like some outlets have reported. Or at least that's what's officially being said with Elon Musk taking to Twitter to say, I want to be clear that we have not signed a deal of any kind whatsoever. Tucker is subject to the same rules and rewards of all content creators. Noting rewards means subscriptions and advertising revenue share coming soon, which is a function of how many people subscribe and the advertising views associated with the content. I hope that many others, particularly from the left, also choose to be content creators on this platform. With Musk adding that the perk of Twitter as opposed to the one-way street of traditional broadcasts is that viewers can interact with and critique what's said. And Musk saying that anything misleading here would be subject to community notes. But with all this, you know, you're a smart person. You're probably thinking, well, this seems too smooth. What's up with his contract? And while there, even though Carlson and Fox News went their separate ways or he got fired, it's being reported that he's actually still under contract with Fox News. And some have even said that even that brief video that he posted to Twitter yesterday could violate his contract contract which bars him from hosting programs outside of Fox. So some have speculated that Fox News could try to block this show from happening, also saying this could mean that negotiations between the two have broken down. But then you have others saying that Tucker's probably ready for this fight, that he's willing to walk away from the cash Fox News still owes him. Also that when it comes to contract violations, Carlson could have a you started at first argument up his sleeve. Right? I mean, he's accusing Fox News of fraud and breach of contract with his lawyers arguing in a letter that his non-compete should no longer be valid, which would give space for him to start another show. But all that's got to play out between the lawyers and the legal system. In the meantime, 
we get to see what the hell's gonna happen. Because as I have said, consistently, I believe that Tucker is bigger than Fox News. And all we've seen over the recent weeks is evidence to support my belief, with the most apparent things being where the eyes have gone since his departure. The Fox News ratings plummeting while Tucker Carlson releases a video on Twitter, and each time it's gotten over 20 million views. And as far as if the future for Tucker Carlson is he has a Twitter show, I don't necessarily believe that, but also anything's possible. Through paid subscriptions on Twitter, he could make a nice chunk of change with how many diehard fans he has. So honestly, I think that'd be very small potatoes for what he could pull off. But with how much Elon Musk has cozied himself to the right over the past few years, I don't think that any of his content's going to be censored. And so it gives Tucker Carlson a fantastic middle ground to continue showcasing his numbers so he can get an even bigger deal or set something even bigger up, regardless of how true or more importantly, how untrue the content he puts out is. But in the meantime, we're going to have to wait to see what happens. That's the story. Some of my predictions. And now I pass the question on to you. What are your thoughts here? And then I love Taylor Swift fans because they are unapologetically unhinged. I mean, passionate. And I say that with love. I married one of you. But I mention this because Taylor Swift has been at the center of rumors and conspiracy. And that's because there's this memoir that's scheduled to be released on July 9th by a mystery celebrity author. With publishers promising that this comes from someone with global appeal, even comparing it to highly anticipated memoirs released last year from people like Matthew Perry and Prince Harry. And something else that you may or may not know about Swifties is that they're like junior detectives trying to read into clues about what Taylor might be doing next in her career. And so many saw this memoir news and they were able to get enough clues together to say, oh, this is Taylor's memoir. It's getting released on July 9th, the date that she mentions in one of her songs and that she called specific attention to in a recent Instagram post. Also in her all-too-well short film, the character seemingly based on Taylor releases a memoir. Then, on a much more conspiratorial front, tons of people also noted that the upcoming book is 544 pages and 5 plus 4 plus 4 is 13, which is Taylor's lucky number that she frequently references. And these things, just a small piece of the mountain of evidence Swifties were using. People discussing this with the hashtag Taylor Swift book, getting over a million views on TikTok from people making their case and theorizing, with all this leading to a run on the pre-orders and it even landing on the number three spot for Barnes & Noble's bestseller list, even getting to the number two spot in Amazon's bestseller list. But then, in walks Variety yesterday to say that the Swifties got it wrong, with the outlet writing that they can report for certain that this mystery author is not, as rumored, Taylor Swift. And the Swifties threw this thing in the trash so fast, with a book on Amazon now falling all the way down to the number 32 spot. But also, it doesn't end there. Some smaller bookstores have now announced that they're simply canceling all pre-orders for the book, knowing that most people probably ordered it, thinking that it was going to be Taylor's. But as far as who the actual author is, we won't know until June 13th. And I gotta say, uh, good luck to that person, because you got you got people's attention. It just, it remains to be seen if that is a good or a bad thing at this moment. And then, working out consistently for some people can be hard, and I was absolutely one of those people. Which is why I want to thank Copilot for helping me through that and for being the sponsor of today's PDS. Y'all, Copilot is the doable way to start and stick with your fitness goals. Between my coach and the app, it helps me stay consistent and work harder. Which, side note, shout out to my coach, Devin. I appreciate you, sir. Because among other things, Devin's there to change up the workout to the needs of my body for that given day. He's got me repping out split squats after my RDLs, always pushing me to my max. And it's super easy to message or call whenever I have any questions. You know, whether I want to make changes to my schedule or I want a form check, Devin's got my back and it's keeping me in shape. But it's also not just me. Over 75% of Copilot users are still working out after 100 days. That is nine times more successful than average. You just start off with an onboarding call, you connect to a coach, you go over your goals, and then they make customized workouts for you tailored to your needs. So if you want to join me on a fitness journey of your own, just click that link in the description down below to get 14 days free with your own expert fitness and health coach. And then you lying sack of crap, you're finally being held accountable. Also, just so there's no confusion, I'm not talking to you specifically. I don't know your secrets. You're still safe, at least for 
now, but the person I'm talking to right now is Republican Representative George Santos. Because good old George got arrested this morning. And if he does come across this video, it won't be until after he's arraigned this afternoon at the federal courthouse in Central Islip, Long Island. And this is the court of the Eastern District of New York unsealed an indictment charging him with 13 crimes. Crimes including seven counts of wire fraud, three counts of money laundering, one count of theft of public funds, and two counts of making materially false statements to the House of Representatives. And as far as the key specifics, the indictment details three main allegations. First, in 2020, he allegedly received unemployment benefits despite being employed and running for Congress at the time. Second, as he was running for office again in 2022, he allegedly embezzled campaign contributions and used them to pay down his personal debts and buy designer clothing. And third, he allegedly failed to mention overstated or outright fabricated many income streams and assets in his financial disclosures to the House for both congressional campaigns. Which I know, for some of you watching, you're going, no, not my George. Not good old truth-telling George. You know, because you've been in a coma for the past six months and you haven't seen all the years of alleged lies being uncovered. I mean, what, just off the top of my head, he uh, he lied about where he went to high school. He lied about graduating from college. He lied about working for Goldman Sachs and Citigroup. He lied about owning 13 rental properties. He lied about founding an animal rescue charity. He lied about producing the Broadway Spider-Man play, which why would you lie about that? Also, sorry, I wasn't done. He lied about having Jewish ancestry. He lied about his mother dying on 9-11. He lied about his employees dying at the Pulse nightclub shooting and stealing $3,000 from a GoFundMe for a veteran sick dog. Now, luckily for him, most of the stuff I just mentioned, not illegal, just makes him a shitty person. But for the charges unsealed today, he faces a maximum of 20 years in prison for the top counts. Though, and this is a wild one, he could still cling on to his congressional seat. There's actually nothing in the Constitution that bars him from serving if he's indicted or convicted. Or with the only exception being the 14th Amendment's prohibition of certain treasonous conduct committed after a member's taken the oath of office. But if Santos is convicted of a crime that could result in two or more years behind bars, then House rules instruct him not to participate in floor committee votes. Although he could also face enough political pressure from his fellow lawmakers, many of whom have already called for him to step down. Which on that note, you had House Speaker Kevin McCarthy saying that he'll look at the charges before determining if he thinks Santos should be removed from Congress. But also adding that his policy is that any Congress member should resign if found guilty of a crime. You also have some saying they'll wait for findings of the House Ethics Committee's probe into Santos before making the decision. But all that said, right now, at the very least, you could say, not a good day for George. If that's even your real name, sir. And then, the situation at the southern border is about to pop off tomorrow, and it's already a chaotic mess. Right, because as of Thursday, the Title 42 migration restrictions go bye-bye. And in its place, you have the Biden administration putting in its own strict asylum policy. And Axios reporting that's in addition to expediting initial asylum interviews and getting Mexico to continue taking back migrants of some nationalities. But even Biden himself is trying to set expectations, saying it's going to be chaotic for a while. Right, as places like Axios have explained, Biden's new policy will automatically reject asylum seekers who illegally cross into the U.S. without first seeking protection in a country they traveled through, which is a change from the U.S.'s longtime policy of giving people the right to seek asylum regardless of where they cross the border illegally. And noting Title 42 also prevented migrants from seeking asylum, but was tied to public health concerns. And so this new policy is expected to let more migrants be rapidly deported to their home countries or Mexico. And it comes with severe penalties, including a five-year ban on re-entry. Also, very notably, is the timing of all this. Reportedly, Border Patrol has a capacity to have 19,000 individuals, roughly. But as of Monday, there were 25,000 people in Border Patrol custody. And that's as border officials, one, said that on Sunday alone, they encountered nearly 10,000 migrants. And two, as an estimated 150,000 people in Mexico are reportedly headed toward the U.S. So honestly, if there's not chaos in the coming days, that would be a miracle. And then, I gotta tell you that Hollywood's only just now starting to experience the pain from the writer strike, which, yes, each day gets worse and worse, but they may have an even bigger problem at hand. And that's because starting today, leaders from the Directors Guild of America, the union representing directors, begin their contract negotiations with the studios. So that's two unions the studios are having to deal with right now, and on top of that, the actors' union's gonna start talks this summer. But as far as what we know now, you know, what do directors want? Well, like writers, streaming residuals are on the table. So there, directors' concerns are much more focused on international streaming. They also want more data transparency, a boost in health plans and wage floors, protections for creative rights, 
understand expansions for diversity initiatives and safety standards. But all that said, the timing here is key because it's easy to see how this would give both writers and directors some boosted leverage because it's widely believed that a director strike is far less likely than a writer strike. But if they did pick it at the same time as writers, it would fully shut down all scripted productions with absolutely no wiggle room for anything to get made. So right now, the DGA is standing in solidarity with the writers. And as far as when we might see some sort of official change, the DGA's contract doesn't expire until June 30th. So in the event that a strike arises, it wouldn't happen until then. But then, of course, you got the actors union negotiations looming in the summer. I mean, we're looking at a possibly very consequential time here, especially as this week we had the news that SAG after President Fran Drescher joined the picket line and said that this strike is a strike for everybody in the industry. And when asked about how this strike is impacting her ahead of SAG's negotiations, she said that the Guild is getting ready to prepare strategically for what's to come. But also, key thing, saying it is a different union that represents a very large umbrella of careers and adding. So it's a very big, complicated conversation. And I don't think what's very important to writers, and I'm a writer too in the WGA, is the kind of stuff that we're going after. So uh, although I'm very empathic for their needs uh, to be honored, um, I feel like our conversation is going to be very different, and I feel very hopeful that maybe we won't get to this point. Right, so notably creating some distance there for their union, which is something that actually rubs some people the wrong way. With one person, for example, responding to that quote by writing, As a member of SAG and WGA, these comments are completely unacceptable. We are fighting the same fight. I'm so tired of SAG being seen as pushovers. Many of us actors are not, even if leadership is. But for now, we'll wait to see what happens as the picketing continues. And that's actually where today's show is going to end. But remember, if you're not 100% filled in, if you're still needing some news, this week I've been uploading extra morning news videos that you can check out right here or in the links in the description. That said, though, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you tomorrow.